Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Today is VBPH Sunday, where we feature a message that was recently preached from the pulpit of our church here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. You'll hear from Pastor Adam Dragoon and any other visiting preachers who have come through our church. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Morning. Let's open up our Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 1. Acts, chapter 1. I always get excited in the book of Acts because the book of Acts is our blueprint. It is, uh, to this day, the greatest record of revival. After Jesus returns to heaven, he empowers his church to do the work that we have been called to do. And now for 2,000 plus years, we have had our marching orders. We have had our mandate. We know what we're supposed to do. And not only that, God has given us what we need, the equipment, the empowerment, the ability to do what he has called us to do. And so all that remains is for us to find ourselves in the same place that these, uh, that these uh, believers did in Acts uh, chapter 1 and going forward. I want to preach a message to you uh, from Acts chapter 1. And I want to, uh, uh, as has been said many times, the job of the preacher is to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. So wherever you find yourself this morning, you find yourself spiritually comfy, laid back in the easy chair, I'm going to poke you a little bit today. And if you have come here under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, uh, I, I, I know that the Holy Spirit is better at convicting people than I am. And so if you're under conviction, you're feeling the weight and the bondage of sin and the burden, then I'm here to help you this morning and encourage you. And I, I, am, I am confident that God is able to do both at the same time, to comfort the afflicted, and to afflict the comfortable. So you need to figure out which one of those two groups you're in this morning and let the Lord deal with you, all right? I want to begin by uh, sharing with you a, a simple fact that uh, cannot be disputed. It is that the Beatles are the most successful band in history. The Beatles, uh, since, wow, I've got applause. <laughs> they sold over one billion records in the history of their existence. 20 number one hits in the United States, 19 number one albums, 24 consecutive top 10 hits from the years 1964 to 1976. Of the 100 most successful tracks of all time, they released 16 of them. That is an incredible thing to think about. 16 out of 100 most successful tracks are Beatles tracks. And they did all of it in only seven years of being a band. That is an incredible track record. Even some of you might remember in the year 2000, they released another album, an album of greatest hits. 
And it was in the year 2000, 30 years, or excuse me, 20 years after John Lennon was killed and 30 years after they broke up. And this album that they released spent eight weeks, eight weeks at the number one spot and sold 13 million copies in the first month alone. That's pretty powerful. And so the Beatles, uh, without a doubt, are the most highly successful band of all time. But did you know that the Beatles started out with a different drummer? Ringo Starr wasn't the guy. That from 1960 to 1962, they had a different drummer. His name was Pete Best. He was a member of the Beatles during their formative years when they were crafting their sound and performing each night in a club in Hamburg, Germany. They would practice for hours on end. They would perform nearly every single night. And it was during those years that that they produced their very first big hits that came out uh, and Beatlemania and all of that stuff. But when they were getting signed with their record label, George Martin was their producer and all those things, there was a pattern by this drummer, a pattern of bad behavior. And he gained a reputation for being unreliable. He wouldn't show up on time for concerts. He would tell the band that he was sick and couldn't be there. George Harrison recalled uh, in the, the anthology show uh, documentary, he said, we would, go, we would go to get Ringo to sit in with the band whenever Pete Best didn't show up. And every time Ringo sat in, it seemed like our band was at its best. And so finally, they made the decision, we should bring Ringo in full-time to be our drummer. What a fateful decision that was. And because of that decision, Pete, nobody knows the name Pete Best, but everybody in the world knows the name Ringo Starr. And he's probably one of, you know, I, I just saw a concert of Ringo Starr. Uh, here we are 60 years later. He's still up on the stage wiggling around with his sunglasses on singing Beatles songs. Unbelievable. He was the replacement. And for the next seven years of existence, the Beatles uh, uh, unsurpassed in their fame and in the, the music industry. And what I want to, uh, the truth I want to, to share with you is that there is nobody here who cannot be replaced. That the kingdom of God waits for no one. That the success of the Beatles did not depend on Pete Best. And the success of the kingdom of God does not depend on any individual. I want to read this morning from Acts chapter 1 about another replacement that took place in the kingdom. And I hope that you will be inspired. In those days, Peter stood up in the midst. This is verse 15. Acts 1, verse 15. Those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. The number of names was about 120 and said, Men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered with us and obtained a part in our ministry, I want you to hear that this morning. Judas, who was numbered with us and obtained a part in this ministry. That's called success in ministry. 
Now this man purchased a field with wages of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all his entrails gushed out. There's a happy Sunday morning service for you. And it became known to all those dwelling in Jerusalem. So that field is called in their own language, Akeldama, that is field of blood. Verse 20, for it is written in the book of Psalms, let his dwelling place be desolate and let no one live in it and let another take his office. Therefore, of these men who have accomplished all, uh, all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to that day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. Verse 23, they proposed to Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, O Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which of these two you have chosen to take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they cast their lots. The lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. It's a message I've titled, The Kingdom Moves Forward, With or Without You. Let's pray. Father, we come by the blood of Jesus. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy, for salvation available through the blood of Jesus. We thank you that you have conquered every foe. Lord, that there is nothing too hard for you. I'm praying, God, for faithful people to rise up and take the mantle of ministry. We desperately need you to help us in these last days to accomplish your will. I pray, give us, give us souls who will be faithful and, uh, and uh, will reach our potential for your kingdom, for your glory. In Jesus' mighty name, God's people would say, amen. I want to begin by reminding you of a powerful truth that in the kingdom, there is a place for anybody. There is a place for all who come. That was a good place to say amen. Because the truth is, nobody deserves to be part of this kingdom. Nobody has, uh, has from the womb, has a silver, you know, born with a silver spoon saying, I deserve to be in the kingdom of God. That is not you, that is not me, that is nobody, because we have all fallen short of the glory of God. We have all broken commandments, we have all hurt people, we've all done stupid things, we've all lied, we've all, am I preaching the right crowd this morning? We have all done things we're ashamed of, we have all made a mockery of the things of God, and therefore we all deserve death, hell, and the grave. Nobody likes to say amen to that, but it's true. We deserve the condemnation of God, but I have good news for you this morning. The gospel is available to everyone, no matter how broken, no matter how deep in sin that you have fallen, no matter how far away you have run from God, there is a place for anyone to be redeemed and rescued by the blood of Jesus. John three sixteen, the most famous verse in the Bible. God so loved what? The world. Does that include you? It sure does. Does that include your demon-possessed neighbor? It sure does. Does that include uh, your, your cranky boss? It sure does. The God so loved the world. What did he do? He gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How many believe that's good news this morning? 
That God so loved the world, Isaiah 45, 22, look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. This gospel has a universal call, whether you grew up in the church and you memorized the scriptures and you went to a Sunday school and tried to be a good kid and kept your nose clean and never tried drugs or alcohol and you kept a good testimony, thank God for that person, or whether you were uh, grown up in the streets, whether you were addicted to drugs and alcohol, it doesn't matter this morning. This gospel has a universal call to everyone. The salvation that Jesus provides is available to everybody. And that means that everybody has a place if they will pursue it. Listen to what Jesus said, John 6, 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. Aren't you glad? There is a place for you. There is a place for me. At the foot of the cross, we find redemption. We find healing. And at the foot of the cross, by the way, that's where we can set aside our prejudice. That's where we can set aside our hatred of other people. That's where we can set aside racism. That's where we can set aside the things of this world. And we can come together and we can find community. And we can find unity. And we can find peace together because we are all broken people who need a Savior. That's good news this morning. Jesus cried out and said, John seven thirty seven. If anyone, say the word anyone. anyone. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink that there is no one who's too far gone there is no sin that is too great that he cannot forgive in fact they say uh, that some of the greatest uh, 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 mass murderers and people who we think of as as the most evil people on the planet many of them go to prison and they get their hearts right with God I heard uh, I heard a rumor I don't know if it's true but even Jeffrey Dahmer who would kill people and store their body parts for food later on. That's pretty evil. And yet he went to prison, God convicted him, and, uh, and from what I heard, uh, he got saved before uh, he died in prison. Does that mean that God has a place for him? Of course it does. And so if God can show his grace to a wicked, people-eating person, I have good news for you. God can save even a person like you and like me. We marvel at the universal call of the gospel, the good news. What does it mean this morning? It means that every person you pass on the street, no matter how wicked, is made in God's image, has value and worth, is someone who Jesus died for, is someone who is worthy of the attention of of God, and this is why we outreach. This is why we hand out flyers. This is why we knock on doors. This is why we embarrass ourselves to talk about what Pastor said in church on Sunday. We talk about Jesus because we understand that God made a place for every broken soul. And if God cares about the lost, then so should we. And if Jesus died for the broken, then we should be willing to live so that they can find what we found. Everybody with me so far? The universal call to salvation.
souls are valuable to God, that means they must be valuable to us. But right here, there's a turn. Because there is, at the same time that we have this incredible truth that Jesus died for the world, we also have to hold in our mind at the same time, human beings, we're not good at this, of holding two opposing ideas in our brain at the same time. So I'm going to help you do that right now. On one, in one hand, we have this truth. Jesus died for the whole world. The whole world needs to be saved. There is a place for everyone in the kingdom. And at the same time, the whole world is not saved. In fact, the Bible says many are called and few are chosen. Jesus died so that the whole world could be saved, and yet most of the world is not saved. The kingdom of God is a righteous minority. That when you compare what the Bible says about those who are going to heaven versus those who are going to hell, what does the Bible say? That the vast majority are on their way to a devil's hell. That even in the last days there is a prophecy that says that the mouth of hell must be widened and got bigger so that it can uh, allow the masses who are entering in. Can you, can you figure this out this morning? That Jesus died for everyone, but not everyone is saved. Salvation is not universal, no matter how much I want it to be. Personally, if it was up to me, I would really love it if I could just wave a magic wand and make sure that all of you get to heaven. I wish I could do that, but I can't. And God forces no one to serve him. In the same way, listen carefully, that many are lost, are called to salvation, and few are actually saved. I want to also say to people of the church here this morning, there are many who are called to ministry, many who are called to usefulness for the kingdom, Many who are called to destiny, and there are few who respond. And even of those who do respond, there are fewer still who fulfill that calling. Matthew 22, verse 14, many are called and few are chosen. Jesus speaks those words immediately following a parable that he told about a wedding feast. You might remember that. The wedding feast where, uh, just to summarize, that uh, there was a feast and uh, the king, his son is getting married. He sends out invitations to people and, uh, and people started making excuses about how they couldn't come. Well, you know, I, I, got, I got this business to take care of. I got this lady. I got, I got this other stuff going on. And oh, how I want to be there. But, you know, I, just, I can't make it. And the king whose son is getting married, he wants to honor his son, the wedding feast, and so he says, fine, forget about all those people who have better things to do. He says, send out my, send out my messengers to tell people. Just go into the streets, go into the highways, go into the byways. Just go out there and bring some people in because I want to honor my son. And so uh, people who, who uh who were uninvited at first, got the opportunity to come in. Who is that? That's you and me. This is a parable describing uh, how Jesus, he first came for the Jews. Remember? He said, I came for my people first. I wanted to save them. I wanted to rescue them. I wanted to be their Messiah. But guess what? They made excuses. 
that he was rejected by his own people. And so what did he do? He said, you know what? Okay, I'll go to the Samaritans. I'll go to the people that are hated by the Jews. And the first revival recorded in Jesus' ministry happens in Samaria. And those are the people who started responding and coming in and rejoicing. It was a miracle. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. But then, but then, Matthew 22, verse 12, the king approaches a person who's there at this wedding feast who is not wearing a wedding garment. And he says, friend, how did you come in here with no wedding garment? And he was speechless. The king said to the servant, watch this, bind him hand and foot, take him away and cast him into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Whoa, what is that? And the moral of the story, very next verse, for many are called, but few are chosen. See, we we read that scripture and we think, yeah, you know, people had an opportunity and they missed it. Oh, this is this is so much more important than that. So much more profound. The point I want to make to you this morning is that being in the kingdom of God is an honor. It is a privilege. It is a high calling. It is not something to be messed with. It is not something to be undervalued. It is not just a church membership. Thank God for church membership. But it's not just about that. It's not just about having your seat that you sit in on Sunday mornings. The kingdom of God is an honor and a privilege that you can wake up in the morning and count yourself among the chosen few. Have you, when was the last time you considered what an honor, what a blessing, what a privilege it is to be saved? And to be saved, not just in any church, but in a church where you have an opportunity to do something for God. To be involved in ministry. You are in the middle. Just a moment, brother. We're talking at the end. There are four categories of people that I believe we have to identify which one we're in. Are you ready? Number one, 
There are those who know that they can't do something and so must allow someone else to step up. In that case, maybe you should apply for a different position. Number two, there are those who think that they can't do something for God, but in reality, you actually could do something. You have convinced yourself that you're useless, but actually you have a place. In that case, what you need this morning is encouragement and coaching and training. You need to be connected to the kingdom of God. You need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. I'll I'll tell you who falls in this category most often is new converts and young people. There's young people here that say, oh, I don't have a place in the church. That's not true. You have the most important place if you'll step up. Number three, there are those who think that they can do something for God, but they actually can't. And as much as you want to be up here on the stage singing, uh, uh, we, uh, we love you. <laughs> but if you can't carry a note in a bucket, we, we love you to make your joyful noise from there, please. And the burden falls upon uh, me as a leader to determine who, who is able to do things and who can't. There's a potential for bruised egos, of course. But there's also the possibility that you can improve with time. The final category is the most common. It is those who can do something for God, but they won't. I better just let that sit for another minute. There are those who are able to do something for God, but can't find the time or the will. Won't rise up. Let someone else bear my load. Too distracted, too lazy, too entertained, too undisciplined, can't show up on time. The final category is those who are honest about their abilities and they are willing. And these are the people that I pray for. God, give me 10 people who are honest about what they can do and who are willing. I am, here am I, send me. All I want to do is something for God. If we could have 10 people, 12 people, let's, let's call it 12. If we could have 12 people who say, I don't have much to offer, but whatever I do have, I want to do for God. We could win the world. We could turn Virginia Beach upside down for Jesus. Let's talk about our scripture in Acts chapter 1. Because when we examine Judas Iscariot, we find a tragedy of lost potential. Did you hear what I said? The problem of Judas was not that he was wearing devil horns and carrying around a pitchfork like Halloween character. Judas was someone who was chosen by Jesus Christ himself, handpicked to do something for God. He is a tragedy of lost potential. I want to tell you this morning, I want you to listen carefully. Now listen, this is more directed at the comfortable I'm trying to afflict you a little bit. So if you're afflicted this morning, don't take too much out of this. I'm going to comfort you before this is over, all right? But think about Judas for just a second. It is possible 
for God to save you, to redeem you, to forgive you, to wash away your sins, to give you a place in the kingdom, to give you a position of ministry, and even to do mighty works in his name and still not reach your potential. This is the story of Judas. Listen to what Jesus said. This scripture ought to shake you to your bones. Matthew 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Jesus is talking about the coming judgment, the time when we're going to stand before God and give an account for our lives. And on that day, he says, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons? Did we not do many wonders? When's the last time you did any of those things? prophesied in his name, casting out demons, doing many wonders. And Jesus says to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. It is frightening to me to think that of all the people in the world that are sitting in church on a Sunday morning, right? That's, that's a small group compared to the rest. Right, probably, probably at least half of your neighborhood is sleeping in this morning, right? <laughs> Less than half have found themselves in church on a Sunday morning. But I wonder, of those who are in the church service, how many of them, they say, I love Jesus. I've got my chair that I sit in every Sunday. I even put on a tie sometimes. E, my proof of Christianity right here. And... Stand before God one day, and Jesus will look at them and say, Who are you? I haven't met you before. And for all of our religious rattling that we do, will we find ourselves in the presence of God? I want to show you from our scripture this man, Judas, who had a great beginning. As I mentioned, chosen personally and specially to be one of the 12 by Jesus Christ. That's not a small thing, right? Chosen to be one of the 12. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to when we can meet him in our, in our uh, chosen video series. I'm looking forward to that, how they're going to portray him. But listen to what the scripture says about this man. When he called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them, guess what? Judas is included here. He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. The names of the 12 apostles are Simon, who is called Peter, Andrew, his brother, James, son of Zebedee, John, his brother, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, Lebaeus, whose name was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot. He was chosen personally. He was empowered by the Lord to do great works. Not only that, but he had, uh, he had an elevated position among the disciples. How do you know that? Because he held the money box. John 12, verse 13. Jesus held the money box. He was the treasurer of the church. That's no small thing. That means he was 
trustworthy that Jesus looked at him and said, hey, Judas, you've got some background here. Would you mind taking care of the money for us? He said, sure, Jesus, I got that. It could be argued this morning that Judas was perhaps the most well-qualified disciple that Jesus had, according to the world's standards. Think of this. He was entrusted with caring for the common finances. It means that he probably had special ability or education. You would think that this would have been Matthew. Matthew, the tax collector, who was used to counting money every day. But instead, Jesus chose Judas. He was the one that you might think is most qualified, the most prepared, the natural choice to lead the 12. And yet, today, in 2021, if you have a baby boy, are you going to consider naming him Judas? No, you are not. Why? Because of the 12, he was the one who betrayed the Savior for 30 pieces of silver and betrayed him with a kiss. And because of that reputation, because of that action, because he was chosen and yet he did not fulfill his potential, his name is still a proverb 2,000 years later. Don't demonize Judas. He would have been sitting along with the 12. He would have been there handing out the bread on the day that they fed 5,000 men. He would have been there the day that Jesus walked on the water. He would have been there worshiping with the rest of them. He would have been counted among the assembly. We have this, this, uh, this idea that, you know, that when somebody does something bad, that we mark the rest of their life. They've been evil from the beginning. That's not true. He had a good beginning, chosen by the Lord. And the reason I'm saying that is because if we're not careful, we can find ourselves becoming Judas. Why do I say that? Because you, most of you, you started off well. You got saved. Jesus did a miracle in your life. You have potential. You have purpose. God called you for a time such as this. And listen, many times we find ourselves straying off course. Say, Pastor, are you calling me Judas? I'm saying we have to be careful that we don't become Judas. Because, listen carefully, Judas was replaceable. And that's what we find in our scripture. When Judas self-destructed, and that's what it was, self-destructed, he had a chance to repent. Don't get it in your mind that, that the, the fate of Judas was sealed. He had an opportunity to repent. See, there was not much difference between Judas and Peter, right? Both of them betrayed. Both of them ran away from the Lord. Both of them defamed the name of Jesus and cursed God, right? Both of them. But in one case, Peter, he allowed God to forgive him and set him free. He repented and and he was sorrowful and he came back to Jesus. The difference with Judas is that he refused to repent. And because he did, he self-destructed. But here's what I want to say this morning. The kingdom of God was not destroyed because of Judas. The church went forward with or without him. Now, I, you know, 
I love everybody here. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I want all of you to achieve your potential for the kingdom of God. But even me, Pastor Adam Dragoon, if I do something stupid and foolish and backslide and leave God, can I tell you something? The church will continue. Who am I to stop the kingdom of God? Yes, of course I have influence, and I need to treat that carefully, and I, I, need to, to, I, I need to do everything I can for the kingdom. But even if I'm stupid, and even if I self-destruct, and even if I make horrible decisions, guess what? The kingdom's going to keep going. Jesus is going to keep going. The church is going to keep going because this is not about Adam Dragoon. This is not about Judas Iscariot. This is about Jesus and his church. And he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so what we find in the book of Acts chapter 1 is we find the church going forward. They said, hey, Judas, he did his thing. He self-destructed. He blew up in the middle of the field. But you know what? We still need 12 disciples. And so they, they went through a process. They nominated two people. They rolled the dice. Can't stop, right? They rolled the dice. And they said, well, looks like the numbers fall on Matthias. And from that day forward, Matthias got the call. He came out of the bullpen, and he said, okay, uh, I don't have much to offer, but whatever I do have, I'm going to do something for God. I want to say this to everyone here. The church in Virginia Beach, the Potter's House, the fellowship, the Christian Fellowship Ministries, the Potter's House, all around the world. Can I tell you something? We are moving forward. And we would love for you to come along for the journey. We have a place for you. We have a ministry. We have a position. We have something for you to do. But we don't need you. The church will move forward with you or without you. Remember, I love y'all, right? Remember, I'm not saying this morning that you are unimportant. I'm saying that the kingdom of God is more important than one individual. And so what is the message? The message is that we all should seek with all of our hearts to achieve the potential that God has put in front of us. Nobody's asking you to do something that you can't do. Nobody's asking you to go outside of your abilities. What we are asking you to do, what God is asking each one of us to do, is simply to fulfill our calling, to be the hands and the feet to be the members of this body, to go forward. Can I tell you something, church? I'm going to be, be honest with you. There have been much better preachers than Adam Dragoon who backslid. There have been much better disciples than you or me who've done stupid things. There have been leaders of our fellowship who walked out on their responsibilities, who abdicated what God wanted them to do. Can I tell you? The kingdom goes forward. And the kingdom of God will succeed. The Pete Bests of the world, they'll be forgotten. But the Ringo Stars, the replacements, they can do something. I wonder this morning, can you find yourself in the place 
God wants you to be. I love this, the, the scripture in Revelation chapter 21 as we close. Remember, we barely even heard the name of Matthias until the book of Acts chapter 1, right? Like, who is this guy? Apparently he was there for, for the, the ministry of Jesus because they knew him by name. They, they, they uh, nominated him. They cast their lots. He is chosen. He's elevated to the position of apostle. And then we get this little clue at the end of the book revelation 21 where they are where the apostle john now is describing the new heaven and the new earth as he sees it the kingdom which is going to be fulfilled and he's speaking about the new jerusalem and what does he see when he looks at the new jerusalem he looks at the great high wall is revelation 21 verse 12 there was a great high wall with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates and there was names Written on the gates. What are these names? The wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Catch this. The eternal city of Jerusalem, the city that Jesus is preparing now, which is going to come down out of heaven and rest on the earth one day. 12 foundations on this city. And on each foundation written a name. Whose names are there? The names of the 12 apostles. Do you suppose that the name of Judas is on one of those? No. Whose name is on there? Matthias. The replacement. The one who came in off, out of the bullpen. The one who just put up his hand and said, um, yeah, I'm available. Can I do that? Sure. Cast the lots. You can fill in. What am I saying? This is actually very hopeful because you don't have to have qualifications. You don't have to be highly trained. All you have to be this morning is willing. Willing. Pastor, would it be okay if I came to outreach? Yes! It's okay. We need you. We need help. Pastor, would it be okay if I helped organize a concert coming up at the end of November? Yes, we want you. We need you. We desperate. Pastor, is it okay if I start a new ministry? And you never know, but maybe one day, because of a decision like that, put up your hand and say, Pastor, could I do something for God? Maybe your name would be written on a foundation stone one day. See, we, we get accolades and we make ourselves feel better because of a track record. Pastor, I've been going to this church for 20 years, for 30 years, for five months. And you know, I got this big shiny badge that shows how holy I am because, because I have some experience. Well, Judas had some experience too. I want to say to you this morning that we should treasure every opportunity we have to do something for God, to put ourselves in a place, not I have to do something for the church, I get to do something for God. And if you would find that this morning, you will not only find yourself helping with what God is doing in a local congregation, but you would also find yourself fulfilling the calling of God for your life. And there is so much blessing there. We're going to bow our heads this morning and close our eyes.
Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.